back to another episode of What's the Word? What's the Word? And we're in a new month. We right? are. We so, are. So, and, and guys, we're finally being creative a little bit. Is that the right word? Um, we've been a little creative already. We've been creative, but we're fixing to get really edgy. Yes, edgy might be the right word, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely a new, if we call it a series, it's not really an official series, but it's a lot of connected topics this right. month because we kind of realized February, like if you just go ask the run-of-the-mill kindergartner, like mm-hmm. what is February all about? They're going to say, love, love Valentine's Day, candy, right? candy, candy, always candy. Yep. Have you noticed there's just a train of candy from like Halloween through Easter, <laughs> like every yeah. year, there's some excuse for it. For, yep. Absolutely. And, and February is one of those, those ones that remind us that mm-hmm. it's candy time. It is. Um, but because it's about love, we want to talk about topics of love. Right. Uh, and so y'all, this is an interesting month we're going to be throwing your way. Uh, so listen up, watch out for it and things like that. Because yeah, today's and topic, for instance, temp- uh, temper the little ears. Like yes. this may not be oh, something. Good call. This the, the 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 next four or five episodes may not be something that you want to listen to in the car when you've got young ones. Yes, I would say maybe high school would be good. Oh, good. High school I would, would be great. I'm um, all about middle school too. Middle but, school, but uh, but but definitely seventh grade and, and under. I I would say maybe this is something that. Uh, and I'm like a seventh grade wait. and up. Yes. <laughs> so yes. that's seventh, seventh grade. grade you're good. Seventh grade and up. Once a once a boy or a girl reaches seventh grade, their parents are no longer raising boys and girls. They're raising men and women, right? So like it is one of those, and they're talking about it. Their and TikToks they are talking, are talking about, about, it. about it. Yep. So and and I'll also qualify by saying these are all scripture. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, it's scripturally so based. We this haven't is all, abandoned. No, we have not. The podcast. Mm-mm. What's the word? wanting to know what the Bible actually says about topics of love. Right. Right. So for instance, today's, again, warning for the little years as yep. we go through these topics, but today's episode is love and sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our next episode is marriage and single, or sorry, dating. marriage and dating, dating. right? Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into singleness in mm-hmm. its own episode. Uh, and then we'll talk about sexual sins. Right. And then we'll wrap up the month of February with divorce. With divorce. Not that we want any relationships oh, to end goodness. there. No. But but because it's it's another one that I feel like culture is talking about all of those things right. this month. Yeah. So we should too. And it, it it's on it's on people's minds whether they are actually verbalizing it. It's somewhere rolling one of those topics, one or more of those topics is going to be rolling around in people's minds at all times. Mostly around February 14th. Right. But but this whole month, right? But when this you, whole month. When you walk through the stores and you see mm-hmm. the decorations, when you go to the restaurants and they have little whatever. And like, make themes. your Valentine's Day reservations yes. and things like that. Yep. So, Which yeah. this year is going to be tougher, folks, because you're going to be in church on Valentine's Day. It is Ash Wednesday. It is Ash Wednesday. It is Ash I love Wednesday. It when that happens, I know, though. right? Um, so with that, yeah. Well, let's talk before we get into our psalm reading that we love to do. Let's just ask that question. Like, so Dallas, like, why why specifically love and sex? Why is that the topic today? Like what comes to mind for you and why it's important for us to say, what does the Bible actually say about these two topics? Um, I think that those two in, in today's time, those two words are often interchangeable and they're not, Yes, they're, they're not, they mean very, very different things. Um, But I think that we've taken some, uh, we've taken it out of context, completely taken, taken both of those out of context and we've mangled them both. And, and, and we truly have somewhat, like to use a biblical language, crafted them in our own image. Absolutely. Right? So in other words, made them what we wanted them to be mm-hmm. as humans rather than honored 
God's design for both for of them. For both of those things. Yeah. yeah. No, great. What a summary. Thanks. That was beautiful. I well, passed my first pop quiz. <laughs> and it speaks to like, like for me, again, walking alongside of youth for so long. Because mm-hmm. as much as I, I did student ministry as my first like official pastoral role, like I've been walking alongside of young people since I was 15 years old, right? Right. Both in my peers, but also like working through camps. Like mm-hmm. I was working with people younger than me. And I saw, I lived, we all have, have mm-hmm. we not? Like how that culture tries to redefine these words, craft oh, them in 100%. our own image. Yep. And 100%. it just, it caused so much damage. Mm-hmm. Causes so much damage for sure. All right. So we love, and, and we need this, Dallas. We do need So this. much. And this reminder, as we get going to really ask that question of what does the Bible actually say about love? And what does the Bible actually say about sex? Mm-hmm. What a great reminder for us to look at Psalm 19. 14. 14. 19, and see 14. what God has to say for us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Absolutely. <sighs> I will, I'll be honest, like hearing it, saying it with you as you're reading it in mm-hmm. my own brain, mm-hmm. probably most sincere of all the episodes we've ever done that right now. Because of needing it to be, what does God's word say on exactly. these topics? Because there's so many other resources. Yes. Uh, yeah. Resources and sources. Yes. That information comes to us, uh, whether we are intentionally seeking it out or it's just bombarding us uh, yeah. on the daily, you know, because we're driving down the highway and we see a billboard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that it's really important for us to focus on what does the word actually say exactly. about this? And I think... I, I hope that some of our listeners are going to be pleasantly surprised Good. by what Ooh. the Bible has yeah. to say yeah. about all of these topics that we're gonna that we're gonna get into. Absolutely, and I would tell people in the same way that I would tell them to to guard against like just fully trusting some random YouTube video, some TikTok, or something posted on social media. We're a random YouTube video, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to tell you the same thing that I would I would tell you about all those other things. Look mm-hmm. it up yourself, right? Right. Go look. Open Go look, up your Bible. Open your Bible. Look at what? see what it says. Yeah. I find that the most helpful time with the Bible is the time when it's open. Exactly. So like, go and do that. Right. Open it up. See what it says. And and and, and again, we're we're I'm like building. We're building on all the conversations we had at the start of launching this podcast. Yes. Right. This is the authoritative mm-hmm. word of God, the Creator of all things, who speaks these things to us, and yep. that's why we lean so heavily on them too. So when it comes to talking about love, oh Dallas, what? we had a fun pre podcast conversation. We did. Because there's a really popular, uh, C.S. Lewis. Like him. Made it, made it popular. C.S. Lewis, good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and made the, the concept popular of discussing the four Greek words for love. Right. Yeah. And so, and, it, and I found the Christian world has, as they have with all C.S. Lewis, like completely Embraced taken it. hold of it yes. and, and absorbed it. And I think in our discussion, we, we did agree with each other, like, it is a helpful thing. It is. It mm-hmm. can be a great tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and for folks that aren't familiar with what I'm saying, the four loves, like because that's confusing to it say. It could be confusing, way. yeah. And it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are in the Greek language right. four Greek words that have been interpreted as love, and so and so C.S. Lewis kind of unpacks each one of those. And so, how would you summarize our conversation about this? Like, how how would you introduce it to our listeners? What would you say about these words? We've talked about, I already passed my first pop quiz. Uh, I I think that um, when we were talking about it, it was interesting because we're 
both fairly educated yeah. in this. Oh, yeah. I mean, we both have a background in, in, in Greek. Yeah. We um, we've both done extensive extensive work sure. in in the the academic sense of this. And it was interesting to me as we were bouncing ideas off of each other um, how. I don't want to say completely different, but our viewpoints were different of, of the direction that we were coming. Absolutely. We landed basically in the same place, yes. but how we got there was different. Yes. And uh, and that was, you know, just a um, either a misunderstanding on on my part. I'm going to defer to, oh, I no. will always defer to my pastor. Um, <laughs> so don't mess up. Uh, <laughs> but it was very interesting um, because I, I learned something from you every week. And sure. so, and we were, when we were breaking down Greek words and it's making me sweat thinking about it because Greek was not my favorite thing ever. Um, But breaking them down, parsing it out and seeing how many words are connected to each other, but that's needed and useful to fully understand the concept because the Bible is intimidating. It's yeah, got yeah. it's got and some it weight be behind when you it. No, yeah, especially when you don't know these different different right. things and stuff like. And because it does carry, yeah, I love that observation because it carries so much weight. There's an intimidation factor of getting it wrong. Exactly. Right? So no, I definitely appreciate that, and and that's why I wanted your perspective first because, like, I'll tell you, like, like yeah, your your background that you're bringing in with the Greek. Uh, the 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 nuance, the approach that you took was we talked about these four loves was one of those. I was I was much more. I feel like sometimes when this gets brought up, I'm like, I'm not listening. This I was I'm really sweating. listening to us. I really on? was okay because like so basically, friends, uh, to to kind of break it down for you, break it break it down for you. Um, four loves in the Greek language. Now it's really important as we say that. That's our qualifier, our disclaimer. Yeah. We're not talking about four words for love in the New Testament, Mm-mm. okay? Because one of those words is not there, and we'll get to that. Because I think it's super important in our conversation today. Somebody will call us out. Yeah, to acknowledge like, that. Oh, I would, I would totally be that yeah. one that it called it out. So the the most popular Greek word that you're going to hear, because it's the most popular Greek word for love in the New Testament, is agape. Agape, right? And we love it because it's fun to say. Mm, <laughs> uh, agape. But it's also it really is like I, I didn't do the the math on it, but I want to say it's like 80% of oh, it, the New Testament when it says the word love in that's English. That's what it means. It's agape. It is agape. And what does agape mean for our listeners? Good. In the, in the view of C.S. Lewis, agape is this sacrificial mm-hmm. godlike love, a love right. that does not have uh, strings attached to it. Um, it is just... It's unconditional. Unconditional. Good. Mm-hmm. Right? So, 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 and, 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 and so, so they are listening and some of you are like, uh, Pastor Lee, what was your opinion, right? Because yeah, really. And, and my and and I'll lay all my cards out there. As we'll talk and we'll see in the New Testament, love is love, in the sense of all love. The true love mm-hmm. is agape. Mm-hmm. That concept of unconditional love that knows no bounds, that has no, and we'll really see that in the scripture ones that we'll see. So in in many ways, I find the nuances of the four loves to be unhelpful. But Dallas helped me see how that can be helpful as it kind of draws us toward agape, mm-hmm. the other two that are in the New Testament. So for instance, one, which I always like to, I always go this one second because it's more familiar because of the words that it's partnered with right. in the New Testament right. is the, uh, I think the technical way to say it is phileo, okay? So phileo uh, is often connected with the Greek word delphoi, which means brothers. Brother. So, so uh, the most common that we saw downstairs as we were really looking through this was the Greek word Philadelphia. Philadelphia. All right. We've yeah. heard that. It's so funny. I Which literally this week, sense. I brought this up in eighth grade religion uh, because I 
totally thought that they were going to see that Disney Channel show that had the Lawrence brothers that all lived in Philadelphia. So they would know what Philadelphia meant. None of those kids they didn't knew know what, what Philadelphia meant. Oh. None. That, okay. It's the city of brotherly love. Right. right? So we right. know this. It's a common somewhat phrase in America. Americana. In Americana. Uh, our culture. And so that's what that word literally means. I mean, it is yep. a Greek word. It mm-hmm. means city of brotherly love. So C.S. Lewis, as he's talking about it, is this phileo, or filio, sometimes people say, um, is this brotherly type of friendly love. Like a platonic love. Yes. Like a like a platonic love. Yeah. And, and my thing is, like with that, which we saw, like mm-hmm. there was, this was really cool. This was a first for me. So so, so, so the, the, the challenge in the best of ways that Dallas gave me made us look at passages where you actually had Philadelphia and agape in the same sentence. Right. So it made me go, wait a second. Because I had had a, a professor at seminary, and that's the reason why, right? Talk about just trusting blindly something someone says. One of my professors wasn't hating on four loves, but basically said it was probably more of a, like a regional dialect uh, thing. Like some people use this word. It's kind of like soda, right? Pop, Coke, right? Everybody has oh, a different it, word for makes, it. That makes the hair on the back of my neck stand it's up. Coke, it's all right? Coke. It's all Coke. It's all Coke. And so, and I grew up in Georgia. We're Coke. Yeah. But like, like that language, mm-hmm. it, it, there's so many different words for it. So in many ways, that's probably what's happening with love. But it's cool how in some of these verses, you really are looking at how, and it, what Dallas helped me to see was that, that something like a, a what's the word you a platonic kind platonic of love, love yeah. can draw you deeper to an understanding of the fullness of love, which is right. agape. And, and we see that in a couple of, a couple of verses. Yes. I thought that was yeah. really, really cool. And we'll get there. And the yeah. third one is storge, uh, not popular. So that's why nobody ever talks about no, it. No, we only found it once. Yeah. I mean, it was very, and, uh, and it was combined with something else too. Yeah, and I'm blinking. Of course, I'm blinking when it's go time. Uh, that is that like the father? No, it's not no, a father. It, yeah, it is. It's friendly, familial, familial love. Familial okay, okay, love. That's what it was. I was mm-hmm. like, we already used the the friendly, no, but familial but, yeah, love. Yeah, familial love. So, on all this to say, friends, love. We believe love is love. Now, the fourth one that is not in the Bible is eros, which is is known as like a sexual love. Right. And so, so I. I'm so thankful for everybody that's tracking with us or here for it. Yeah. Because this is going to be really important just as a groundwork for the rest of what we're talking about. For the next like couple of sessions, episodes. Yeah. Because yeah. we're here to tell you, as Dallas started us off so well, love and sex are two different things. Yeah. Now, I 3,000% would say the person that you're meant to have sex with, you you are in love with as well, or you are loving all the time. All of the loves. But we'll get there. Yeah. Right? Um, so let's talk about love and let's why is, love. why is Pastor Lee so, uh, on Hung the up on agape it. Let's train? Do it. Yeah. Agape. I'm on the agape train. Yeah. I mean, all of the passages that, that we've, that we've got that, I mean, they're, I would go to a passage and I'd look at it and I'd flip open my Greek New Testament and there it is, agape. I'm like, okay, uh, where's the next one? Oh, it's agape. Oh, okay, agape. What's, so it's a side note. I didn't know if I would tell this story, but I will. I was in, I won't say where or how or when, um, but I was in a Bible study Right after my professor had told me, yeah, it's, the four loves are probably more, you know, uh, just dialect, changing the way they say things. It was around Valentine's Day. I was I was home, not at my home church. I can say that. Not, not I was at a church though. I was on break, and the Bible study was. Let's just have fun and see what we think. Reading verses in the New Testament in English. Let's see what we think. This, the the, the, the love, Greek the, word is, which I'm going. Did. But but was there like an answer key? No. Oh. So I was that, I'll use the word punk. Uh, punk. Maybe jerk is the right word. The heckler in the, in the crowd. kid that knows mm-hmm. Greek. 
So, and it was a smaller, it was a smaller Bible study, but like every time they were like, uh, I think it's uh, Philia. I think this one's probably Storge. And I'm like, oh, what do you know? Agape. This one's agape. <laughs> agape again. Agape. 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 It's all agape. It's all agape. Mm-hmm. And that's because like, I, I go back to like John in his letter, very, very powerful passage uh, for what love is. He says, God is love. love. Uh, you have that God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners. That's Romans, y'all. Christ died for mm-hmm. us, right? All these super powerful passages. When you ask the question, what does the Bible say about love? That spirit of agape that we talk about is what we are Right. It is the sacrificial, the unconditional, the, um, the everything that you want, everything that you want in your mind love to be, that's what agape is. And I love the, the unconditional, Mm -hmm. right? Cause I think sometimes we say that word and we don't break it down for people. And I, I remember as a kid being like unconditional. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. But like hear what that means. It's, it's, it's love that has no strings attached. Right. It's not, if you do this, then, then I will love you. That's a mm-hmm. condition. That is right? a condition. So non-conditional, unconditional love. I love you just because I love you. That's right. Which is, wow, right? And God calls us to this kind of love. Jesus, mm-hmm. on the final night that he's with his disciples, one of the, well, the place we want it to start. That's where we're going to start, yeah. yeah. John 13. John 13, he's with his disciples last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does Jesus do as one of his like final acts with his disciples? So he washes their feet. Yeah. And which is a huge deal in in when you're looking at at biblical culture and the time the the ancient just the 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 time frame. Uh that was a role that was reserved for slaves. Yeah. That, I mean, that was even beneath like household servants. That yeah. was something that was super low. And think about it because the, 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 the choice of footwear was sandals or nothing and the dust and the dirt and the, oh. Up at the sidewalks and the streets were no, fine, right? No, oh wait, they don't have they those. They don't have those. So um, fun, fun fact, in another life a long time ago, I was a nail tech. So I worked in nice. salons and I did I did fingernails and and made made women's hands beautiful. I had been a nail tech for years before I opted into pedicures. Wow. Because I didn't want to touch people's sure. feet. Yeah. I, like I, now I, we don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. touch people's feet. And I know that your feet have been contained in your inside your closed-toed shoes, inside, you know, and in, in our our hygiene is better. And yeah. you know, they they actually get washed. A couple mm-hmm, of times, of, mm-hmm. you know, um, in theory, yeah. in theory yeah. and unless you have teenage boys and then nope. <laughs> um, and, but, but the night before Jesus goes to the cross, okay, he is taking on the role of a slave and he's demonstrating this for his disciples and yeah. they're just freaked out. Indignant. I mean, absolutely totally freaked out. Yeah. Um, and you got to love Peter. Because yeah. Peter, Peter's my guy. Peter has no filter. He just says things, and for the and I, I have a note in my Bible when uh, when when Jesus starts to wash their feet. Peter's like, uh, no, yeah, no, you are not going to wash my feet. I I will. I you know I I don't because of how inappropriate, right? right. Because of no, no, that's not for you. You're special. You're great. You're, you're my the, leader. My you're my boss. You're my mm-hmm. teacher. You don't do this. Let me do this, or right. let someone else do this. To which Jesus says, uh, no. If I don't you won't have any part with me. Right. To which Peter says, then my-, my Then wash all of me. Yeah. And Jesus comes right back. And he, he says, this is, this is located in John 13, y'all. Um, one through 
something, one through most of the chapter, most yeah. of the chapter yeah. uh, seventeen, and you know, and and so when when Peter comes back and he's like, well, wash all of me, Jesus says, no, I don't need to wash all of you. You're clean. You've had a bath. This is I'm I'm demonstrating this for sure. you. And because at the end of this, right? So so this is a great, and this is going to connect really well to the next passage that right. we're going to get to. What Jesus is saying is love is not a feeling. Mm-mm. No. How countercultural. Oh, super. Love is, the, the love that we're talking about, this agape love, this sacrificial, unconditional love, this is a verb. It's something that is- This is, you do this. Demonstrated. And yeah, yeah. this is something yeah. that you can't tell somebody. Yeah. It doesn't, you, I mean, you can tell them, it is not going to hit the same way as showing them. It's the classic- uh, Walk the walk, don't talk the talk. Yeah. Right? Right. So Jesus is backing up in a very strong way when he washes his disciples' feet, how much he cares about mm-hmm. his disciples, how much he loves them. And he's about to go and demonstrate to the world for uh, history, uh, the, 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 the fullness of history, right. how much he loves his people. And so what's so interesting is by the end of this, right, he, he, he has this great mandate mm-hmm. right so he says uh, we we use the we don't you really use the word mandate anymore we would no. use the word command and that's usually command. how it's mm-hmm. but in the latin it's mandate uh and he basically says and, and i, I want to paint this in the fullness of the picture of the ministry that he's doing the whole way through he's been talking about what god commands he's mm-hmm. been talking about god's law god's instruction right but here on the final night kind of a big deal he says a new command i give to you i give to you mm-hmm. love Agape, mm-hmm. probably agapete, love one another. Right. And, and so that's again why, like, it, like, I can't, Dallas, I can't talk about love without talking about Jesus. Yeah. It's yeah. really, it's really, really hard for me to separate those two things because of how much God's word has had an impact on my life. Like when I see what this is. So, so there's this very clear Love is an action. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus here is saying, when he says that, he's saying, in the same way that I have just served you, mm-hmm. serve one another. Right. In the same way that I'm willing to go the lowest of the low, I need you to be willing to do that for each other. Right. For the world. For the and, world. For, and, for everybody. And all the way through scripture, yep. we're called to love each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is just, I feel like that just rams up against the wall of culture. Oh, it absolutely does. And and I know that that we've had some fun with with my boy, John, but John is is like the agape apostle. I mean, because you yeah. read his God, the gospel of John and, and he's all about love, but then you go and you read this first, letter, second and third yeah. John. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's the only, and he explains it just beautifully, and he just reiterates those points, is that the only reason we know how to love is because God first loved us. Yeah. And this is how he demonstrated that love for us, is well, that Jesus died. Paul did the same thing, Paul right? Paul did the in same Romans, thing. Right? Yeah. And, and, it's, and for everybody that witnessed Jesus' life, death, ministry, and resurrection, yep. and, and saw him after that time before he ascended to the Father, everyone that Jesus encountered, or, or even Paul, right, encountered Paul. on the road, like everyone couldn't stop talking about this. Right. This idea that we, the only reason we're doing all of these things is because of the love of Jesus. Right. Right. But it, but that love is what is, he calls us to emulate. He calls us to do, okay. Not to feel. Uh, and, and it's crazy, right? Because Jesus says wild things in his ministry, like love your enemies and pray yeah. for those who persecute and, you. Right. 
Do right. you know how hard that is to do? Oh yeah. I mean, it is just that yeah. is that is unbelievably difficult to do because it goes it goes against the culture and it goes against our sinful human nature that, you know, when somebody pokes me or or hurts me, my my knee-jerk reaction is to hit back. I mean, that just um definitely not turn the other cheek so they can smack right. me again and then look at them with love. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's mind-blowing yeah. to me. Absolutely fun, mind-blowing. Fun for me that you mentioned uh, John's letters because I've said it on the podcast before, my favorite verse, First John 3, 1, A, how great is the Fog. love, agape, the Father has lavished mm-hmm. upon us, poured generously over lavished. us who don't deserve it. That is such a great word. NIV. Yeah, I, it's funny, lavished. the one time I go to the NIV is when I quote my favorite verse, lavished upon us that mm-hmm. we should be called children of God. What right. he's saying is we don't deserve to be called children of God, Mm-mm. but we are because of the because love he loves us. that God has shown us in mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So this idea of love being a demonstration, we couldn't talk about love without going to 1 Corinthians 13. The uh, love chapter. The love chapter. That's, that's It really is. And it was so fun though to see that like the the other love chapter we had was John 13, right? Mm-hmm. So 13, 13. So 1 Corinthians 13 often used at weddings, um, but it's this beautiful poetic description of love and what it looks like in all of its fullness. Oh yeah. Yeah. In action, right? In action. In action. Yeah. So, so why why not? Let's dive in. And, and it's the fullness of the chapter. So, so uh, let's see what it is. Uh, Paul says, if I speak human or angelic tongues, different languages, but do not have love, agape, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, languages, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part... And we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection as a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So many fun facts. So many. That was that we could go to. My so favorite, many. of course, is that last verse. The last one. And, and I can't remember who it was that pointed it out to me, but I've not forgotten it since they said this to me. They said, why is love the greatest? Mm-hmm. And they said, because one day your faith will become sight yep. because Jesus will be here and hit the fullness of his kingdom. There's gonna be no more need for hope to, to trust in God and his faithfulness to keep all of his promises because all the promises will we'll be, be fulfilled. fulfilled. And the one thing left remaining is... That's the only thing we get to take with us yeah. is love. And I mean, can you even imagine, like I like the people that I surround myself with. I, and I, I would say that I love most of them. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. Um, but to take that, that feeling, mm-hmm. feeling, multiply that into an action yeah. and get to spend eternity in that kind of energy where yeah. there is no, I, I don't need to hope that I 
am enough. I don't need mm-hmm. to hope that I have something that I can give and and that I can be of use. The only thing that I'm going to that that I'm going to have is love yeah. for every, I mean, it, it just, it blows my mind. Yeah. blows my mind. I love uh, Pastor Chris Singer, former senior pastor here. He would always take this verse and say, hey, let's see if, especially on the the four through seven, oh, yeah. let's see if we can replace your name with the word love. Nope, I cannot. It's just a great challenge, right? So can I say, Lee is patient, Lee is kind, Lee does not envy, Lee is not boastful, Lee is not arrogant, Lee is not rude, Lee is not self-seeking. Lee is not irritable and does not keep a record of wrongs. Lee finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Lee bears all things. Lee believes all things. Lee hopes all things. Lee endures all things. It's a great call to see what love actually is going to look like. What it will look like. Yeah. yeah that is that is genius. Yeah. I love that absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Yeah. I mean, because because this is this is this is what love, this is what we're called to do to do not so that we're loved, but because we are loved. Because we are loved. Right. So I've been teaching a Sunday school class. Yeah. And um and and there's a there if you you know you read stuff to to help you help help along with the lesson and, and commentaries and whatnot. And and some of these commentaries get a little squirrely when it comes to um a a work based faith. Oh sure. And um and so I've been talking to my class about that that our our work, the things that we do, the actions we do, is not um, is not going to increase our faith. Right. It's a side effect of our faith. It's yeah. a side effect I of like our that. of our faith and our love. So we're going to we're going to be love in action. We're going to do things for our fellow man, our fellow Christians, um, brothers and sisters, uh, because because of our faith, yeah. not in order to receive it. Yeah, I love the the metaphor of planting, right? Okay. God plants his seed of faith, mm-hmm. right? Because of his love. Because of his he, love. Because faith, right, leads to eternal life. Yep. So mm-hmm. he gives us this gift because we're dead, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, when, poor you, Billy. when you water that one, right? Poor <laughs> Billy. Go back a couple episodes. Yeah. <laughs> the Trinity episodes. Plant that seed. Mm-hmm. He waters it. And you see this beautiful growth of what God's faith looks like when it's when it grows inside of you, right? It's 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 outside of us that that comes and works that kind of stuff like love and and service and and things like that that comes and, and it and it bears other things good for us like peace and that's good fruits of the spirit. Good fruits of the spirit. Fruit, fruit of the spirit. My bad. So, um, I one of the things that I like best is that we are not left on our own. Like this is basically a how to do life manual. Like this is how to do life. So this agape love that that John talks about, that Paul talks about, that is is really hard to wrap your mind around. Um, They they give us these um, little stepping stones as to how to achieve that. And, you know, we talked about the the four, C.S. Lewis is four. Yeah, yeah four types of love. And one of those was the the brotherly love, the Philadelphia sure. love. Yeah. Um, and that's a necessary, that's a necessary step into working our way through a, like a, like a love program um, okay. that will help us, yeah. that will help us get to this, you know, the, this different level of, of love is because we have to have this brotherly love yeah. for each other. Um, because without it, you can't, it, it's like a, uh, you wouldn't feed your newborn a, a ribeye. You know, you you yeah. would start with something a little bit more palatable for them, sure, and sure, something sure. that's a little bit easier to to attain. And that's what I appreciate about your conversation with me and helping me appreciate uh, Phileo. Apparently, often paired with Adolfo, that was really fun. 
uh, and then uh, also the the sorgays, right? Mm-hmm. So because especially for people outside of the love of God, right, that don't know it, haven't been on the receiving end of it, right. which it's one of those, maybe someone's just not told them. That's really what we're saying. Right. Because everyone is loved by God. Everybody, yes. he wants everybody in his kingdom. It's just that some will hear that news and say, ah, I don't want to be on team love. I don't want to be on yeah. team God. So for people that maybe have never heard this before too, these other loves can help them draw closer to uh, the fullness of what love actually is. Right. 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 Yeah. That's what I appreciate it so Like much a helping about. hand. Yeah. And that steps. I love that, that steps. steps towards mm-hmm. the depth of what love actually is. Because I truly think when you look at love the way we've just observed in Scripture mm-hmm. uh, and, and the fullness of that agape, that unconditional, deep love that asks no questions and just serves. And requires nothing from you. I mean, that's That's foreign to the world. Yeah, it is. And it's scandalous. It, oh, I like that yeah. word. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Like, like so scandalous because, because why? Why? They don't deserve it. Nope, they, they don't. They don't deserve love. And that's why the cross is, is so scandalous. And offensive. And offensive. Mm-hmm. Because he died for everybody. Everybody. People that you don't like. People, people that people, are horrible people. Pe- horrible people. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe better way to say it, have done horrible things. Have done horrible things. That, yeah. that is so much better. He died yeah. for them too. He did. And that is so hard to, like in my own, um, in my own life, I've got some unforgiveness. Yeah. That, that yeah. forgiveness that, that I am withholding from, from somebody. And, and I had a pastor years ago, you know, just look me straight in the face and go, and what did you do? to deserve the cross. Oh, wow. And, you know, and I'm just like, it, it couldn't have been harder for me to hear if he had thrown something at me. Yeah. And, you know, what did you do, Dallas, to deserve the cross? Yeah. And, you know, my answer's like, nothing. Okay, then you understand that the cross was for them too. What a, we haven't done this in a while, but what a one to put on the board about forgiveness. Forgiveness. And what it means to do that. Because like, like, Here's clearly because some people hear that like, oh, here's the church being abusive, telling people they need to. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Forgiveness and love. We forgive and we love the way that we've been loved. It doesn't mean we continue in the fullness of relationships. Of relationship. Yeah. I, 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 I yeah. can forgive you and yeah. I can love you. I do not have to be around you. Yeah. And, and again, it would, and, and, and that and doesn't again, make the, sense. The, the fullness, it's countercultural. It the fullness of forgiveness is not holding something against someone, but it doesn't mean you have to place yourself into a situation where exactly. harm or hurt can happen. Exactly. What a fun topic to get yeah. to later for sure. So we, we talked about these love. We talked about, we love because God has loved us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you, you can't talk about love without going to just John three sixteen for God so right. loved the world mm-hmm. and gave his one only son that whoever believes in him shall not par- shall not perish but have eternal life. Um, I did chill because my translation says will not perish, but I'm so used to saying shall, so shall. I mixed it. Chill not perish, yeah. and that is from our our friend Nick at night. There you go. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That and, is? and then in the John three, John Look three, at all these threes involved. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should do Trinity. Oh, we already we did. We did the Trinity. We already did that. So let's dive in. We've got love established. Let's get right. into what everybody came to listen Everybody's, to this episode. Yeah, for. like get to maybe the good they stuff. Four. Let's they get probably. to the good stuff. Again, reminder: if you happen to like turn off the car and get back in, and you have little listeners with you, I, great I would, one to just with pause pull, just a little bit. Pause because we're going to d- jump into this conversation about sex, and again. Love and sex, Dallas, both things that God wants for his people. Yeah. Created, designed, yeah. He, right? And, yeah. Uh, and and yet designed to be exercised in a certain way. 
right? And which he did with all of creation, yes. and that went exceptionally well yes. for us. Yeah, I mean, we just messed that up right out of the gate. So yeah. why would um, why would we think that we're going to get sex right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. it just. But here we are in the month of February. We talked about love. We're going to be talking about sex. And again, the place to go that we know that God designed sex, mm-hmm. right? Just observing creation, sure, we can see that. Like, it's just a natural thing. But the scriptural place, because this is what's the word. Right. Uh, going all the way to uh, Genesis. Genesis 1, verse 28, where, again, we might see things and not realize exactly what they're saying. Okay, so I'll even go back because I can't help. You, you got to start in 27. I'm even going to 26, right? God said, let us make man in our own image according yeah. to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created the male and female. 28, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. Okay? So those words, uh, be fruitful, multiply. Uh, let's just go to basic uh, biology for a second, right? When a plant reproduces, it produces fruit. Right. So when God is saying be fruitful and multiply, he's talking about the way these, this man and this woman who he's just created and all of creation right. Right, uh, is meant to reproduce reproduce and multiply. Right. Okay. And that's sex. All right. Uh, for anybody that didn't know that. Uh, so, so if you're listening to this, I'd imagine. Thank you. But there's this design, right? Yes. So, so here it is. There's, 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 there's one, one man, one woman uh, brought together. We understand how the biological act works that, yeah, that's going to produce human life. That's mm-hmm. going to produce some children. Um, but it's, it's Adam and Eve. At that moment, right? Genesis 2, we get their names. Right. So we know who this man and this woman are. Mm-hmm. And that's who's supposed to start populating the earth, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the, whole, the whole point here is this is the God who designed sex. So sex is a lot of times in the church is seen as this like shameful thing. We can't talk about it. And I can't tell you how many times I've had a high schooler new to our, our setting or our youth group that says the church just doesn't talk about sex. And I was like, well, well some don't. Yeah. But scripture does. Scripture does. So we're allowed to talk about this. And it doesn't have to be a shy topic. And it's actually so fun, Dallas. One of the thing reasons I'm so excited we're doing this on a podcast is because I think people are going to be a part of this conversation more than they ever have because they're going to be able to listen to it on their own. Right? Yes. It's not the awkwardness of, of being in a in a room full of people and having your pastor say the word sex. Say a the lot. word sex a yeah. lot, which by the way, I'm in a room with my pastor. Saying the word sex. Saying a lot. the word yeah. sex. So not not awkward or uncomfortable at all. Right, exactly. Uh, but I think that it's also important since we're in, in Genesis that we see that God created man and, and, and woman and to reproduce, but he also instituted marriage yes. in Genesis. So we see that in Genesis 2 yes. and because there's a right and a wrong way. And with the with the creation of the garden, with the creation of, of the the work roles that, that man and woman were, were to have in the garden, there were... Um, he he had rules sure. to follow. There yeah. were rules to follow, and and one of the 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 big one was man and woman were united together, and they became. That's in Genesis two. Um, it's the picture of one flesh. It's one my favorite flesh, passage about marriage. Period. One flesh. When people ask me about marriage, which we'll do in our next episode. Mm-hmm. We'll dive deep on this, friends. But but the whole reason why man and woman come together is become one one flesh, flesh. not you know, and and that I think is where we have just mauled 
the the interpretation of or not the interpret the intention of of man and woman together. Yeah. And and that is what we and that is what we why we paired love with sex. Yeah. Because they're very they overlap. Well, and they they overlap, yes, but but I think I think we paired them too because our culture is constantly trying to equate them. That's what I meant. Yes. yes. Our That's culture is constantly trying to equate them. And again, the person that God has intended for you to have sex with is your spouse. Your spouse, mm-hmm. right? And and because it's going to produce life, that's the whole design for sex to yep. have the family. God loves the family. Uh, God blesses the family. We'll talk about all these things a little bit in marriage, but also like, well, and we'll get into a little bit of the conversation of what if we don't have children. We're not saying there's no value if people don't have children. It's no, just no. we are acknowledging and the blessing that comes with children. Right. And the that was, of that was part of it. Yeah. But God is not a prude. Yeah. Like he wants us, we are to enjoy our spouses. Yes. We are to enjoy our spouses. If there has ever been any doubt that you are to enjoy your spouse, read Song of Solomon. Sure. The whole thing. Yeah. It's basically a how to yes. a how to manual. I it have is, like Song of Songs 4 was a great place to go. That's a great place to go. Like to see like cuz cuz it's It is racy. Yeah. No, it is, and again, it is racy. You're still called to holiness, right? Yes. Cuz there are ways to Yes to defile each other. Yes. And that are not God honoring and things like right. that. And we won't get into that because I don't know that that's, that's appropriate not, for mm-hmm. today. But what we're here to acknowledge is, is yeah, God designed sex and it was something that was going to be beautiful to enrich a marriage. And that's where I right. love. Enrich. I like that. Yes. It was to add to it on, on multiple fronts. It adds to the relationship. I love a class I had at seminary. Okay. Uh, one of the first times that I had a pastor really talk about sex. Okay. Uh, Pastoral ministry 101. Uh, I want to credit him, but I also don't want him to be embarrassed. So I won't say his name right now, but if he tells me later, I should, because he heard this, I will be humbled that he listened to this. Um, but he, he said that his, cause I think one of the, one of the guys in class basically asked like, how do we talk about sex? Like, how do we, how do we really teach this? He goes, Oh, the potted plant. I said, what? Like all of us, of course, like this guy that's been teaching future pastors forever. He's like, yeah, the potted plant, the potted plant. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, I always bring in a beautiful, lush, uh, potted plant and set it on the table in my youth group. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. He says, then I grab the stuff that's in the the pot. I pull it out and I throw it on the floor. And I look at it and I ask them, I say, well, what's that? And inevitably the kid, one kid will say, it's soil. He goes, ah, no. The stuff in the pot, that soil, the stuff out here on the ground, that's dirt. dirt. He says, the stuff out here on the ground, someone's got to clean that up. It's mm-hmm. made a mess. It's not uh, helpful for anyone. It's not cool. It's not beautiful. Nothing about it. So someone has to come through and, and it creates a mess. The stuff in the pot though, oh, that plant needs it. Right. Right. That plant is enriched by it at the very least. Right. It has the soil, the nutrient or mm-hmm. the nutrients, the, the water is held by it. All this other stuff that brings life to a plant and, and, and helps it. And he says, that's what sex is for marriage. Exactly. Right. That pot is a metaphor for marriage and sex is meant to be inside. Now, when, when sex gets outside of marriage. It gets messy. It's messy. It's destructive. Mm-hmm. Someone has to clean it up. Yep. Um, things like this. Now, I and I'll I'll preview this. We'll we'll get into it. I'm sure later. But but notice what I said. I said outside of marriage. I think right. so often when the Christian church wants to talk about sex, we will isolate certain conversations or try and give attention to them. Like for instance, homosexuality. Oh, let's talk about that. 
This is talking about anything outside of marriage, right? So extramarital would extramarital. be what we're talking about. And so we're talking about before marriage. We're talking about affairs. We're talking about all these that we'll get into an episode down the line when we talk about sexual sin for sure. And mm-hmm. just what the Bible says and about And what the Bible says. It. But that's what it is, is God has designed this beautiful gift for uh the man and the woman in marriage, right? Yes. Because it produces this life and we see that. But not and not just because it produces life, not because it produces children, but because it there's there's a um uh a one fleshing, right? Right. Um and, and not just in the in the physical sense, but in the the enriching no, of the the soul, the spirit together. You have you you have more than two bodies coming together. You've got yeah. the bodies, you've got the heart, yeah. you've got their minds. Um, all of these things come together and and husband and wife begin to develop their own communication system. Like it's something that um as the one as, as they become two as become they become one. as yeah. the two become yeah. one, you have your own you have your own communications uh that far and above outweigh the physical, just the physical, the physicality of sex. Good. And uh, because it, it becomes a much more, uh, you, you, you become, you get a little closer to the agape love yeah. that yeah, yeah. is the, the sacrificial because it's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about the two of us together. And it's about what we can do for each other. Yeah. And, and so again, I think oftentimes sex is brought about as some sort of just physical thing in our world today. It's just sex. Like I've heard that phrase. Oh, I, before, I, you hear that all the time, right? And and that's where like I'm teaching a class right now called Death, Dying, and Resurrection. And one of the first things we started talking about was the body, right? And you have the body, and you have the spirit, and you have the soul, right? Right. Whereas with animals, you have just and this is a whole another conversation for another time to see what the Bible says about that. Sure, but essentially we're different than animals. Yeah, we are. So we're not just physical. No, we're uh, no. Well, there's this thing called the soul that is unique to human beings mm-hmm. that is involved in this as well. And so for those that are listening that are like, okay, I thought you were talking about the word of God. Where do we see this? Where do we see this potted plant mentality in the word of God? And that's going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Right. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul, y'all, Paul talks about sex a, a lot. A lot. And yeah. he didn't have any. Yeah. Like, that was by choice. I mean, that was he, and that's well, something we can we can talk about. And the too. singleness, yeah, we'll the talk singleness. About that we're going to talk about episode that for sure. But this, this this idea that Paul Paul did not shy away because because Paul lived in a Greek culture, a Mediterranean oh, yeah. culture, a Roman culture, where y'all, if you look into the history books at all, or just watch any of these shows that attempt to portray mm-hmm. history in this time, sex was rampant. It was very physical, mm. um, and and it was everywhere, and everything was oriented. I still. Have I told the the read lessing Hebrew story on the podcast yet? I don't think so. My elementary Hebrew uh, professor, I love this story in a class. He, We were there for elementary Hebrew. Y'all, five days a week, three hours a day in the morning, right? Mm-mm. So my class, though, I loved just learning, period, anything. And read lessing is a very brilliant man. And he knows so many things about uh, ancient cultures and the, in the Hebrew context and things like that. So one of these cl- days, my class was getting frustrated because we're supposed to learn elementary Hebrew, but he was going off on writing on the board about all the, the ancient gods, the, the other peoples that are mentioned in the Old Testament and talking about how like in order to appease these gods, you had to sacrifice virgins, right? So yep, that's something to do with sex. That, yep. There was this uh, ancient god, uh, Asherah, who is feminine, who uh, again, it's graphic, but it's history and it's biblical connected because you'll see like Asherah poles in I, the Bible. Asherah poles were designed to appease Asherah, 
right? So there's this, and so he gets to the end of it and he talks about how if you did these things, if you appease these gods, then you get money and all this. And we are like, what is happening? We're here to learn We're elementary. He, this Hebrew. is Hebrew. Yeah. And so he gets, he fills three, three chalkboards, Dallas. Three chalkboards, gets to the end of it, turns around and says, so you see, the Old Testament is all about sex and money. I am so sorry it's not relevant for us today. today. Erases all three whiteboards and goes into elementary Hebrew. But y'all, this stuff, a culture consumed by sex mm-hmm. has been around forever. Ever, since the beginning of, I mean, just the beginning of time. That was... Yeah. And so by the time Paul is doing his ministry, after seeing the fullness of the revelation from Jesus, the, mm-hmm. that vision, seeing the work of the church, the work of the Holy Spirit... Paul can't help but talk to the culture about God's design for about sex. what they're doing because yeah. that is in that is in his face and he's like it, this is outside of of the parameters and the boundaries. I mean, you know, think about um, I do a lot of uh, a lot of analogies with kids, you know, because that's what I that's what I know. I raised I raised three kids. I spend a lot of time with with little ones, and the biggest um, the the biggest lesson to learn that new parents have to learn and this yeah. is this is hard is putting boundaries on your kids sure. and the reason you know that we impose rules and that we impose boundaries is not to be mean and not to be bullies it's to keep them safe yeah it is it is to keep them safe and so god has these boundaries this this confined around uh, uh, around the practice of sex to keep us safe, yeah. to keep his people safe. Why? Because he's our father. And it's how he designed it. And it's how he designed it's it. It's kind of like if I were to like try and, if I turned this coffee cup upside down and tried to pour the coffee into it, it would get hot, it'd get everywhere, it get messy because I'm trying to use something not that the way excellent. it was designed. Yep, that is right? excellent. And so when we go against God's design, it hurts. It and, hurts us, it hurts other people because it's just not the way God designed it. Right. Right. And so this is where in 1 Corinthians 7, where, where Paul points this out about sex. And essentially mm-hmm. what he's saying is, if you're going to have sex, do it in marriage. You need to be married. Yeah, you yeah. need to be married. And, and, and we'll, we'll tackle this again in the singleness episode. But let's kind of just see what it says. Uh, now, uh, where are uh, you? Uh, chapter 1 Corinthians 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start in verse 2. But because sexual immorality is so common, right? Sexual immorality being sex out, extramarital sex. Okay? Right. Um, not sex, not the way God designed it. Mm-hmm. Sex that's not good. That's what immoral means. All right. Uh, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband. Right. A husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise a wife to her husband. A wife does not have the right over her own body, but her husband does. In the same way, a husband does not have the right over his own body, but his wife does. It's so funny when people want to quote that they don't they want to stop. quote verse four. Nope, they stop. Yeah. Yeah, it's the fullness of, it's the two together. It's the two. Yeah, they own each other, right? Mm-hmm. They're one. Uh, he says, verse five, do not deprive one another uh, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again. Uh, otherwise, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all people were as I am, which is unmarried and not having sex. Right. But because uh, each has his own gift from God, one person has this gift that another has. Did I um, did I use my my love and respect quote not on yet. the podcast? Not yet. I because yeah. I know we talked about it yeah. and I couldn't yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember. So, but it's here where we see. It's, well, it's, and it's in, in Ephesians that we'll get to in we're the gonna get, conversation. Get that, but it, yeah. but here especially right right here because Satan is uh, the tempter. 
He's the Good. tempter. He is the father of lies and deceit. And his ultimate goal is to get us away from God and to get us to not do the things that God wants us to do. Yes. So I read a book and I know that we keep it, we keep it. Congratulations. And I did read a book. <laughs> um, we try to stay with, with you know, what this book, it, this the, book, best book. The, the best book, the Bible. But I did uh, do some, some outside research and Dr. Emerson Egrich uh, wrote a book called Love and Respect. Good book. And and one he says in the book that that uh, just as the devil will do everything he can to bring two people together before marriage, he does everything he can to keep them away from each other after marriage. Yeah. So this because um, there's something super beautiful in marriage. There is. There yeah, is. And the there's God something very tempting in sex. Yeah. Like it. It. By definition, it is it is tempting. It is something that you want to do, yeah. and the enemy is going to use that um, to defile what God has intended for good. And that's where again we can establish for our listeners, right? There's a reason why it's good, yeah, right? Because because life, I mean, a baby, children, is a result of it, uh, but not just that. Again, we'll get to this in in the marriage episode for sure. But there's also that bonding, the mm-hmm. way that God called you to, to your spouse, that is something one so flesh. incredible. The one flesh, the, the one unity. Flesh. Uh, and, and, and this is where I would offer to you too, and a little bit of a preview of, of the marriage episode, but the greatest metaphor we have in the New Testament for God's own relationship with his church, with his people, mm-hmm. is marriage. It's marriage. Right? So the unity, that's really what we're talking about. So again, sex is such a dirty word yep. for the church a lot of times. But what we're really talking about is unity, unity. and oneness. Mm-hmm. And it's a really beautiful thing when it's done the way God designed it to be. Right. And, uh, and, and we couple that and we wanted to put this in with the, with the, love, yeah. uh, the love definitions because um, love and sex are very, very different. Yes. And, um, but one is often used uh, to achieve the other. Yeah. And that's where like, uh, there, we have an event called Life's Flight. Your kids have gone on it. Yep. Uh, it's a fun, fun thing, but there's, it's basically a, a, a field trip through life. Mm-hmm. And at one point we go to night. talk about marriage and because mm-hmm. of that, we talk about dating next episode. Um, but I'll tell those young girls, I'll look at them and say, just so you know, there's going to come a boy at some point and he's going to look at you and he's going to tell you that he loves you. He and doesn't. I don't mean to break your heart, but he's lying. And they're like, mm-hmm. what? Oh my gosh, what? And I was like, he's lying to you because he knows what that means to you and how important that is for you. That word. And so, because he wants to do something physical with you. Mm-hmm. And then because the something physical feels good, right? right? Because God designed it to feel good for yep. the purpose of marriages. And so like like I said, and so you need to know that ahead of time. Then I'll look at the boys and be like, and you better not be those boys. And right? don't be that one. But it's that idea of, uh, of, of how culture has taught us to use this gift, this beautiful thing that God designed in a very special way for marriage where mm-hmm. there is love, but that broader picture of y'all love is so much deeper than sex. And sex has it's everything to so do with much more. marriage. Mm-hmm. Like everything to do with the, the unity and the fullness there rather than and the, it, it, the fleeting and feeling of love. Exactly. Yeah. And then the culture today is is going to tell you that, you know, you just do whatever. Do do whatever you like. And I, I think about, I actually, you know, I like Gruesome Jesus, my yeah, favorite Jesus. Yeah, sure. Um, I think about Jesus before Pilate. And Pilate looks at Jesus and he's like, what is truth? Yeah. What is what is truth? We We don't have any truth. And well, we do. 
have truth. Yes. We, we do yeah. have truth. We do, yeah. We do. But our world does not. But the world does not. And and Jesus himself tells us this all throughout the, the gospels is the world doesn't know me. The yeah. world is not gonna know you. The world's not gonna accept you. And the world is gonna do everything it can to break you down and to and to get you to go against this because it it goes against, our sin situation is so deep in us that we don't know how to behave the right way. Yeah. We just, we don't know how to behave the right way and we're easily swayed. And this is one of those areas where we've got, we've got the how-to manual. We've, we've got it. We've Absolutely. got the agape. We've got the, the love. Um, we just need to figure out how to implement that into real life. Yeah. And I think as I, as I summarize then on the point of sex, right? If you're going to look to God's word to see what it says about sex, it's always going to it's say always something be about marriage. marriage. It's always going to be between the man and the woman and the mm-hmm. covenant of marriage. And, and I want to kind of preview a little bit for people because okay. this could be a heavy topic for some people for sure. Like one, I'll preview our next episode again. Okay. There's a beauty, not just in producing kids, right? Because right. even though that is a gift and a blessing and we should do that, um, but also just in discovering the depth of Christ's relationship with us as his church and the, and the closeness and the love that has no condition and the, and the bonding and the unity yeah. that is found in marriage. Beautiful. And for those that haven't experienced that, I haven't experienced that yet. Um, we also hear this interesting preview in Paul's letter that somehow Paul, who was very close with Jesus and very God used him in incredible ways, said he actually preferred people to be single. Yep. All right. So we get to unpack what that means mm-hmm. down the road. Uh, we've talked a lot about how sex is designed for marriage and mm-hmm. not outside of it. And some people are feeling really guilty right now crazy thing. God loves you even in your mistakes. And we're going to talk about that when we see what the Bible says about sexual sins yep. and how Satan's going to use sex in the way that that quote from the book does. Uh, and then eventually, right, maybe people have experienced marriage and those those are over now. Or maybe they're experiencing struggles in a marriage. I'm not experiencing that closeness. We're going to get to the topic of divorce. Mm-hmm. So so, so we have a whole fun month in front of us, Dallas. We have a heavy month in front of us. Yeah. Oh my but I'm goodness. I'm so excited. It is. And it's things that, that we need to talk about. It's yes. things that, that I, I, don't, I don't know how to say this without, the church needs to talk about it. Yes. Like the church needs to talk about it. And um, because, you know, we, we're bombarded with all of this sexual imagery. Yes. Um, we, we get it on social media. We get it on TV. We get it in, mag- you know, standing at the grocery store. I mean, you're, you're checking out at the grocery store and you've got, you know, the magazine covers that have to have a divider up so that little eyes can't see what's on the cover. Dallas, my hometown for the longest time. If you had to describe to a family member how to get there, you would tell them to take the We Bear All exit. Oh. Because it was a billboard. We Bear with, All. Yeah. Okay. Now, thankfully, the hometown eventually got that. Taken down. Down, and you mm-hmm. couldn't. There was laws passed in middle Georgia that you couldn't have scandalous pictures on billboards. But y'all, billboards. it's everywhere. That's it the It is whole everywhere. Point. But then, you know, so we, we, we are beat down by this you know, all through the week. And then most of us roll into our, our neighborhood churches on Sunday morning and the pulpit is silent on we're this. Talking about we're it. not talking about it. We're not talking about how to combat it. We're not talking about what it means. We're not talking about the beauty and the gift. Yeah. Um, and and so you're left yeah. to your own devices. So I'm glad we're talking about these things. It's so fun as you say that. And I know like, like we're probably stretching some of our listeners a little bit for the length, but it's been a good conversation. 
uh, as you say that though, I once again, I'm so thankful we're doing this as a podcast because mm-hmm. can you imagine having this conversation on Sunday morning with with hundreds of people oh, in the room? Oh my goodness! Right. So the church needs to be talking about this, but it's really cool how God has so many different expressions of His church and so many different sizes exactly. and ways. So like here we are having this conversation so that people can feel more encouraged by what God's word says, and maybe that encourages a conversation with a friend or a spouse. Mm-hmm. Or a family member oh, or a, a small spouse. group. Yeah, a small group. Right? That would be great. Which, what a great place to have that conversation. Uh, probably not in a group of 100 people, you know, because right. there's so many. Because also, you know, you don't have a clue what's walking in the door. No, you don't. So we wouldn't want to do that. And again, we don't assume some people might feel called out as we go through this month. And it's like similar mm-hmm. to on a Sunday morning. We have no idea. We have who's no listening. idea. I, so it's, we prepare this for ourselves. I mean, yeah. you know, we, from, from we, our own experiences and the and yeah. what the word says. Just what, is the, what does God's word actually say about yeah. these topics? So well, that was good, man. Dallas, I think that was a lot. This is exactly what I thought we were going to be doing when we started. And it's got me so excited. When we oh, started good. the podcast, it was like, let's talk about the stuff that actually matters because culture is redefining things that God's word says something entirely different yep. about. And we need to be able to look and say, what does God's word actually says? And what it says is God loves you. God loves you with a love that you can't understand in this in the fullness of this world, but you mm-hmm. will when you he will. comes back mm-hmm. uh, and you can get a taste of it until then. And, and you're going to see that you're on the receiving end of it all the time. And that love is so important for every aspect of your life, every relationship in your life. Uh, and then when it comes to this thing called sex, that's really important for this one particular relationship that God may or may not uh, again, have, have, in, have your, in, your, in your past. In your, in your future, in mm-hmm. your past, and things like that. So, oof, what a fun one. So next up, we've said it a lot of times. Dating and marriage. marriage. and dating. Dating and marriage. Dating and marriage. Marriage and dating. And uh, and that'll be a fun one for us. Uh, continue to share this episode if you thought mm-hmm. it was good. Uh, talk about it. Please talk about it. We just hope it works. And uh, as we always like to do, we will wrap up with a word of prayer. So let's do it. Good and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love uh, that you have shown to us in your work and in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, you've shown us what it means to sacrifice, to lay aside ourselves for the good of others uh, and uh, to do it uh, without complaining, uh, without a desire for anything but a relationship. So Lord, we ask that you would help us to continue to respect the love that you have poured into our lives, uh, to answer your call to love those in our lives, uh, even strangers, even enemies, uh, with the care and the kindness that, that you show to to each of us. And Lord, in the same vein, help us to respect your design for marriage and what it was always intended to do. And Lord, help us to, to understand your grace in this conversation, uh, the fullness of your love in this conversation, uh, as we consider the, the, the beautiful design that you have for marriage, uh, an incredible, truly supernatural, to, totally unnatural thing for you to bring to together in this sinful world to be one, uh, one together, one uh, uninhibited by all the things of this world. Lord, to answer the challenges and walk together and to learn the depth of that relationship as well. So Lord, help us. Help us to honor your design for all things. Uh, Help us to carry your truth with us into every single day and every single moment. And Lord, help us to glorify you in everything that we think, everything that we say, and everything that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll see you next time. Next time.